0: They're like, oh my gosh, my kid just won't stop talking about how much they don't like this. Just deal with it. That's real life. And then they go on Facebook and they're like, this isn't fair. She's too tall.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everyone. Welcome to Barside Chats. I'm Brian the Gleeman. And I'm Matt, the innkeeper. And this... Is a wheel of time podcast from the dusty wheel welcome back to another fun discussion here at bar side chats we have an exciting episode planned for you with two very special guests but first joining me as always is my good friend matt matt what's going on at the dusty wheel this week
0: Yeah, so we have coming up on Sunday, we have Memo Art, as many of you know her. Maria, she's done a lot of chibi art uh, about the Wheel of Time, and we can't wait to have her and just discuss her fandom art in general with the Wheel of Time. And then the following Watt Wednesday, we're actually premiering what we call the Dusty Wheel Cut of Winter Dragon, the much-maligned Wheel of Time pilot that came out many years ago. Taylor and I, for our one-year anniversary Put together a little Dusty Wheel cut we think fans will enjoy. So yeah, that's going to premiere Wednesday and we're going to then give everyone what the September schedule is going to be and just have a lot of fun. It's one of our giveaway announcement extravaganza episodes.
1: Awesome. And I'm looking forward to that. I don't know about you guys. All right. Now it's time to introduce our guests. You may know them as regular panelists on the Dusty Wheels live adaptation series. And the four of us go way, way back to the good old Theoryland days. I'm talking, of course, of my good friends, Natalia and Todd. Natalia, welcome to the show. How are you?
2: I'm great, Brian. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Todd, welcome to the show as well. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for letting me come uh, play with y'all a little bit. Yeah, awesome. We're looking forward to it. So today we're going to talk about fan casting. And fan casting is something we've been doing for a very long time, specifically about the Wheel of Time series, book series. Who would we cast in certain character roles? And people do this all over the internet all over the world for all kinds of books that might be turned into movies. Sometimes it's just things that will never be turned into movies and it's just fun. And sometimes for very specific movies that have been announced. Over the last couple of months, we've seen a lot of actors be cast and confirmed for the Wheel of Time series by Wadon Prime, Amazon Prime. And uh, it's been really fun to discuss those. But I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the process of fan casting. So, Todd, I'll go to you first. When you're thinking about casting a character like, say, Lanfear, what is it that you think about when you are fan casting?
3: Uh, I think with Lanfear, it's going to be hard because you're looking at basically three people. You're looking at Landfear herself, Landfear as she looked in the Age of Legends, which nobody really knows exactly how she looked, and then the transmogrified Lanfear. Um, I, I think it's going to be tough because they really don't describe a whole lot about what she looked like before. Um, it'd be hard to, I think that would be a hard pick other than picking somebody. She's got to be beautiful to satisfy Matt, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's going to be a hard call.
2: I have the perfect actress. Her name is Tatiana Maslani, and she is Canadian and she is so, so great at playing people with completely different personalities which I think is really important for the, to somebody playing Mirren and somebody playing Landfear.
1: Well, what is it then that makes her so perfect for it? Like what qualities do you look for in Tatiana that make her perfect for Landfear as opposed to somebody else? Like obviously she's pretty, but beauty can't be the only thing we look for here, right?
2: No, certainly not. In fact, um, it's, it's not one of my, I would say top three because Hollywood is great. And makeup is awesome. And <laughs> frankly, if your name is attached to an agent, you're going to be gorgeous. It's fine. So I'm looking for things like, is she tall? Harder to fake, but doable, I guess. I'm looking for depth and breadth of, of acting chops. An actress like like the one that we're going to need for Lanfear has to have some depth to her. I need to know that she can cry or look like she's going to cry. I need to make her, I need to know that she wants to like undress me just with the flick of an eyebrow and believe her. And that is, that is hard to do. Not everybody can do that. So.
3: I think seductive is a big deal, regardless of her looks. She has to
0: be able to do that. That's what's interesting. You just said something really interesting to me or what you both have. One, first of all, I looked her up to me yeah, uh, extremely, extremely, extremely beautiful, uh, as far as Tatiana Maslany. But, uh, but this is the this is the key, which is you brought up this idea of seductive uh, Natalia. You brought up this idea that there, that's not in your top three. So, so what are your top three then? Like, what's if it's not beauty, if it wasn't that, what are the top three that you would pick when it, just when it comes to picking any character, including Landfear? Like, when you fan cast, what are your whatever categories or you know attributes that you think are oh important.
2: yeah okay like I don't I don't go for what their face looks like and I don't go for what their hair or eye coloring or skin color is quite frankly um, I tend to and not to say that I'm colorblind but I tend to look for the, their previous roles I look for what they have done in the past that really takes my breath away and can I see them applying that? something in the future and again like i said height is something that's really it's tricky it's trickier in in hollywood to fake and yeah so if it's theater experience super duper i don't
1: know i mean they they have tom uh tom cruise wear platform shoes exactly (laughs) Uh, he always looks taller than every uh female opposite him and uh, he's shorter than all of them literally all of them so oh yeah i don't know we can fake height if we need to
2: Sure, he's he's king of the apple box.
0: But previous roles, that's a thats a great one to pick up, I think, uh, which is this idea that we want people, we cast people into these roles in our minds who fit the character because we've likely seen them, whatever, uh, maybe they're seductive in a previous one, so we think that they can create that in The Wheel of Time, for example, as Landfear. And if we haven't seen them in a role where they've proved that, I think as fans that we run into this problem of like no this is the wrong person because they've never proved to us that they have this attribute that they must have which I which is interesting listening to you know uh, Wheel of Time fans talk about this uh, the the uh, actress that was chosen for Min for example this got talked about a lot, which was, you know, does she have previous roles where we can prove that she can handle men's chops? You know, do we believe, does she have the believability factor from, uh, from a fan perspective? I think that, that people run into that a lot. I think they do get caught up on the physical attributes, but I, I, I want to believe at least that underlying that is this disbelief on their part when they're upset that they haven't seen this person ever fill that role before.
2: Sure, it's not what they had in their head, but also I saw from women like, oh she looks too stern to play men." I like, you know, I was expecting somebody like cuter or happier or more charismatic. It's like one picture that you've seen, right? So go back and go through like Google image search and IMDb search because like we're, we're imparting a lot from a black and white very moody imdb profile pic she could be a total goofball
1: i mean that's how headshots work right like every headshot of every actor is them looking very seriously at the camera trying to project like moody uh serious i'm a serious actor i gave up you know uh, i live on ramen and peanuts and and i'm doing this for (laughs) the love of the art like that's 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 how they do it so you're right those pictures are just not representative of anybody else but uh, you know, looks do come into play here, though, right? Like, you don't want to, you don't want to get a like seven foot tall, like three hundred pound guy to play Matt, for instance. That like, that just wouldn't work. So, to what extent do looks play into the people that you think about when you're pencasting?
3: For me, not much. The look of the character is what I, you know, you you get in your mind, uh, like um, Land, for instance, a very hard man, um, really really hard man. And I don't care what he looks like, as long as he can portray that hardness that he that he is supposed to, you know. So that's something that doesn't really matter to me. I mean, I throw around like uh, Liv Schreiber. That's who I thought I thought he would have made a great land, but I think that uh, who they picked is fine. I don't have a problem with him.
0: Well, that's a, so. This is. It's such an interesting question because I think for younger actor, younger roles in in movies from books, you do have to care. And then as those individuals get older, I don't know if this is just ageism, I feel like you start caring less from a fan perspective, right? If 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 a character, let's say, is 60 years old or something to that effect in the book and they cast someone that's 45, you're not going to complain too much. Now if they' if, if the actor's fifteen though, and they cast someone that's twenty five, you hear people complain all the time.
2: Listen if this if this was buffering the podcast, we'd be playing the patriarchy jingle right now. That's that sorry i don't I don't buy that. I just really feel like that's not the case and that we need to expand what we think of in our imaginations and just because of our imaginations aren't broad enough to take into consideration something that the casting department picks is, is maybe a failure on us and not necessarily a failure on them.
0: But there's going to be a limit at some point, right? You're not going to, no one's going to accept a 40 year old matrim coffin. unless there's a, 40 year old or a 30 something year old parent and a 45 year old rand in other words it there is a certain cohesiveness to the actual plot of the show unless they're just writing a different show which is totally fine too
2: but but, but matt who looks 40 like who would you say is 40 right so absolutely they're casting for an age range and i don't think that that's problematic right because our Two Rivers folks were of an age range and the people who were leading them were of a different age range. That's part of the story. It's integral.
1: Yeah. So uh, I guess this leads to the question of how close to the book, like the actual words in the on the pages in the books do we need to be? For example, a character might be described as dark skinned and uh, but the cast for the show might be uh, like whiter or Asian or Uh, Latino and like they might actually be a completely different uh, race uh, in the real world but we're okay with it because we're okay with diverse casting initiative that people are having so uh, but on the the other hand like Rand is supposed to be a redhead he's supposed to be a pale redhead you can't cast you know a a black man as Rand I mean you could but it doesn't match the text so at some point there is a disconnect between what's what we're going to see on screen versus what is in the book and then, so what is the difference? Like, where do we draw that line between who we're fan casting, or we fan casting based on the appearance and the way they look, and how much of that has to match the text? It doesn't obviously doesn't all have to match the text exactly, but there's got to be something, right?
3: The only one that I think it really matters for is Tuan because they Jordan went out of his way to describe her as small and very dark skinned. I don't think I think that that's really. I mean, it doesn't really matter.
0: I feel like that's even like too deep into the weeds here, which is like basically fan casting is just as flawed, right? Like I've seen people like "Uh, this is the person I would pick. And it's like, well, that person isn't the same height of the characters described in the books or that person has a different color eyes. Yeah. Yeah. But they have red hair and they're just about as tall and their skin is really light. So therefore my fan casting is legit. Now, they picked somebody that was the exact same height, but their hair is brown. Their casting sucks. You know, there's fans, I feel like, uh, allow themselves to have the dissonance in their own minds, and they're okay with it. But as soon as somebody else picks somebody that chose a different attribute that was different from the books, you know, they're woke and they're whatever. You know, in the end, I think that fan casting is fun. But uh, it, I feel like uh, we should take a step back and actually uh, give grace to everyone else as much as grace we give to ourselves when we pick people uh, that don't exactly match the books.
2: Well, and but that's, I go back to, that's why I look at their, their acting skills and their previous experiences and, and performances as a better judge. Because frankly, contact lenses, are really
0: easy
2: to buy. Yep. So I don't care what color your eyes are. And maybe
0: and maybe that's, is that a flaw in Amazon or in any casting departments? Or maybe it's not, sorry, not the casting department, the marketing department. Uh, is it a flaw in their distribution of this information to not present a wider range of information about their actors when they put something out? They give us a black and white <laughs> you know, headshot, but... That's it. Like, uh, and then they give us the name and maybe lead you to go find information. And maybe it's understandable that fans, you know, it's that first, you know, it's that first view, that first reaction. And that reaction tends to stick with people. So, you know.
2: I, I don't know, Matt, because if, if they gave us more, what would, what would we be doing?
0: Yeah, it would be just fun yeah (laughs) that's well yeah but what i'm saying is i i saw someone uh i think it was ebony posted uh an album of all of these actors but basically posted like 10 images of each one or whatever let's just say that for argument's sake and i don't know how many comments i saw by fans saying oh well i like some of these and these make me more comfortable with what they've chosen than the image they put out, and I guess my my point is, yes, uh, it is should be our individual responsibilities, but just like your first interaction with anyone, that first interaction is going to stick with you a lot longer than just because you, you, you know, you, you got to know them a little bit better, but that, that first uh, reaction sticks. And that's what happens with fandom.
3: Well, I think you have to be prepared because everybody has their own head cannon, but you have to be prepared to let it go. If you can't, then that's where you run into an issue. If you can't at least see where they're trying to go with the casting, that's when you're going to run into an issue. I'm all about some Elsa, I guess. Let it go.
0: (laughs) Else or Elsa? (laughs) So to me, maybe the next question is fan casting just the the gateway drug to toxic fandom. You know, like, (laughs) like seriously, is it? I mean, like... We do this, and it just sets people up for extreme disappointment. It's like, imagine this. Imagine you fan-casted your your friends and your spouses. (laughs) You know, like, you're just like, my...
2: Okay, yeah. I'm Mindy Kaling. Keep going. I'm I'm here
0: for this. My Tatiana Maslany, she's going to be my wife. And and, uh, she must be this height, and she must have this hair. You know, it's just like those... People make fun of those people, which is like, you had a book... And your husband or your wife or your partner was going to do all of these things, like, and then they always make fun of them because, like, you marry the person and or you you're in a relationship, and those things just don't happen. And those people look a lot different than what you thought in your mind. And you have this whole group of people like, well, that's not what I thought was going to happen. Uh, but you deal with it. It's reality. I don't feel like fandom makes the same transition it's out of their fan casting to the reality.
3: I think another issue with the fan casting is the book covers. People, they should have, people should just tear the cover off the book and throw it away and see what the body on there looks like because those, they're so wrong.
2: But also try reading it. Like you can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, I love so-and-so. I know everything about them. They're my favorite character. I'm sorry, she was black.
1: Right, right. We see that all the time. We see that all the time. Yeah, that's true. I think we agree that certain physical attributes are optional. Uh, You know, eyes, height, um, you know, maybe weight, maybe age is flexible. There's some that are probably very uh, required, like Tuan uh, is supposed to be very dark skin. He goes out of the way to do that. You know, Rand and Aeel have uh, red hair. They're pale with red hair. There's there's a bunch of other characters that have very specific descriptions. And then the rest of them, you just kind of fill in with your imagination. And maybe they're from a f- certain country, certain part of the world. And you kind of associate a certain look to them. But just like in the real world, that doesn't have to be universal. I think we all agree on that. And I think we agree that, like, people's opinions can cause conflict, especially when they disagree on the kind of optional features and some people might say no he has to have blue eyes now the people say no it doesn't matter they can buy contacts and like that can cause like conflict kind of getting to matt's question do you feel like conflict in fan casting is part of the fun of fan casting like is it fun to kind of argue with your friends over something that is you know maybe not even real
3: yeah i got so sick of it so long ago that i just kind of quit It it got it got old really fast a long time ago. And, and it was something that I went, I would see somebody go, wow, he'd be, that guy's got some land in him or that guy's got some map, but it, it was never a, uh, let me write up something and, and say he needs to be cast as land. You know, it, it just, I kind of just was like, it doesn't matter.
0: There's nothing, there's nothing new under the sun. The, uh, you know, everyone's argued about this ever since, you know, it's anytime you talk about anything having to do with the books, as soon as you take a position, someone will take the opposite one. So it's fan casting. In the end of the day, it's meaningless in the sense of what the choices that are actually going to be made. And you never make everyone happy. So I, I think it's a you can't win. I saw someone mention this on a comment uh, on you, on, in response to a video that I had done about uh, skin color in the Wheel of Time. And their their response wasn't uh, in support of the argument we're making, but it wasn't necessarily supporting anything else. It was just saying, like, you can't win as a casting agent or a casting director. (laughs) Like in the end of the day, it doesn't matter how close or how far away someone is going to be upset and someone's going to say you had an agenda. And so, yeah,
2: well, you know what? In this case, I think this casting director is winning all the things all the things. She is winning life, whoever this casting director is, because they have pushed the envelope forward in terms of representation and visibility and distinction. And it's generated such, I think, conversation about this series. And to your question, Brian, does it expose toxicity? Absolutely. Does it create toxicity? For sure. But does it pinpoint and does it allow you to sort of see right away who the jerks are? Also, yeah. <laughs> so I, I really feel like the Watt community is better than most in stamping out a lot of the grossness that we see, which is not to say that grossness does not exist within the Watt community. Absolutely, it does. But we try, we aspire um, to be good fans. Um, and I think to, to that means to be creative and open-minded fans. That's our duty to the show if we're prepared to be fans. If you don't, if you're not prepared to be creative and open-minded about what people might put on screen, oh man, like just don't watch.
3: I mean, if you think about it, Jordan screwed with us for years, even to the point of changing one of the Forsaken, you know. So why would you think that? they weren't going to just go for it when they did this show.
1: I agree. I agree completely. I mean, the, the, the characters, they get reborn, they they become different people. They have like mask of mirrors. They're like in disguise. Like there is, there's a lot of characters in the series that are, the looks don't really matter. And in fact, I would say most of the characters in the books, the looks don't matter. The way they look doesn't matter. It's not important to the plot of the story. The only thing like Matt said earlier is it is a cohesiveness in, in terms of like you know, Matt's family should look the same and Rand's well, maybe not Rand, but Perrin and his family should look the same. And, you know, the, the people that are related should have, you know, physical similarities to each other in some way. But beyond that, like, what's the difference? I, I think there's a lot to to discuss here on that aspect of things. But I will to get back to the act of fan casting itself, kind of when you are thinking about actors to play characters in the books we talked about what you look for and you look for, you know, the way they look or the way previous movies and TV shows they've been in and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But what are some things that you don't look for? What are things that would immediately disqualify an actor to play a particular character? For me, it would be
3: age because your age depend uh, The characters you can play depends on the age of the character. You know, that that would be about the only thing I couldn't, I mean, There's no way I'm going to be cast as Rand, even
1: as good looking as I am. For all the fans out there, he's exceedingly good looking. You're missing out by just listening to this.
2: (laughs) Very luxurious beard.
1: Um,
3: But I mean, there's no way they're going to cast me. We're not doing Grease here where we're casting a 30 year old John Travolta to play a high school kid. You know, we're we're working towards younger kids. And, you know, there are age groups Uh, you can't take. The guy uh, Barney and and cast him as Sin Buu, it's just not going to work.
0: So I'm going to take a, a little bit issue with that, which is uh these are these are adaptations. So it all depends on the vision that the showrunner and the writers have, and very little depends upon what the books. So what are they going to do with Min? You don't know what their pl- the idea that somehow the exact plot and everything is exactly going to play out. Like it's in the books is just not something that we know and so we sit here fan casting for the books but we're not fan casting for the actual adaptation that's run
2: well of course we are we don't know what it is yet but Matt. that's what i'm saying like, pe- I get, people get upset i, listen, I get your argument but we know we know that this isn't a, a show that's skewing young or skewing old or like it's it's relatively true to the vision from the pictures we've
0: seen. But I would say this, I would say that they probably picked actors and they probably, from what I can tell from the actors they've chosen, is they've probably picked actors from Edmunds Field that are going to be a little bit older than I, they were in the books. And they might be yeah. a little bit more experienced in life than they were in the books. And that might be the story they're telling and i know it it just gets inside of people but that's not the story in the books they were so young and innocent blah 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 because everyone keeps focusing on uh fan casting for their vision of the books and so i guess to me that age isn't a disqualifier i guess for me it it all comes down to uh, i don't have a disqualifier until i see it i guess that that's when i believe that i have a good grasp on like no the vision you had of the show, you picked the wrong actor. But I, I feel like I need to see the vision first before I know if they pick the right person. So, so for me, I guess I just kind of hold back my criticism until I see them act and then it's like, and together, and then it's like, yeah, this was the wrong dude for this role. But I just have no idea. It's really hard. For, how, do you, how do you judge an actor before you see them in the role? Well,
2: I don't know, Matt. Is there anybody who you're waiting to see in the role to make, uh, are you reserving judgment?
0: Uh that's a great question. Uh, it's, very, I, I, it's very optimistic of you. I don't I don't have a great answer for you. I'll get back to that question. That's a good that's a good question. I think that's a good question for all of us, which is is there anyone that's been cast so far where you're reserving judgment on the pick of that person based on wanting to see them in the role versus just simply saying I think they're perfect.
3: For me there's only one and I can't pronounce his name but he's playing loyal. That's the only one where I'm reserving judgment because that's going to be a hard role to play. I've watched some of his stuff, and I'm not saying he's not a
1: great actor. I'm saying, can he handle Loyal?
0: Yeah, it's Ahmed Yeah, thank you.
1: What is it about him that makes you question that?
3: It's going to be really, because he's going to be so, well, we're assuming that he's going to be made up. And looking at what he has done, what I've seen on YouTube, he's very much an moving facial actor. Physical. Exactly. And so I have to wait to see how they make him up and if he can do that in the makeup that he has to show the droopy ears and the face and, and, you know, are they even going to try to do that? Is he going to be able to do that? I, we just don't know. So that's why I'm kind of waiting. I'm sure he can do it, but is it going to work is, is my question.
1: So here's another question for you three rosamund pike is playing moraine and she's fantastic I've, I've actually watched like three movies with her in the last week and she's fantastic but my question to you is who did you have in mind who would you fan it as moraine before rosamund pike was
0: announced
2: my og fan casting of moraine was michelle pfeiffer that's really
0: og mine would have been tatiana maslany how about you
1: Todd do you do you remember or did you have anybody I don't remember
3: nobody jumps out that I that I think I ever would have thrown out there it's been too long for me to remember but when I saw Rosamund Pike I was like yes that's exactly yeah
2: I will I will say like now that she's been cast that's
1: it yeah that's exactly right so that that's what I was gonna get to which is I had somebody in mind and I can't remember who it is now because my mental image is now Rosamund Pike, and right. um, yeah. and I've having watched several of her movies in the last week. I can't imagine I can't imagine anybody else doing it.
0: So for me, is not because I saw her and I immediately said that is the character that I grew up with, uh, and that's the face and that's the look of the no person. exactly was in exactly. my head. It was I saw her and I knew her other work, and I was like she can totally handle. And kill this character so she, she can do justice to the individual that I had in my head as I read. And that's what I cared about was the, that connection of can this person do justice to this character. Maybe, that's, maybe uh, to answer Natalia's earlier question, I don't have a good enough scope because I haven't done the work to go look at all of the prior work for all these other actors. So I guess part of me is reserving judgment a bit. I haven't said to myself, like, I need to go check them out because I, I guess I just don't care to that degree. Like I don't wa- I don't care to be like anxious of like I watched seven hundred hours of film and now I'm worried. I don't it's just like I can wait for the show to come out <laughs> at that point. So but for actors that I do know their work, those are the ones I feel competent making a decision immediately when I see them. So someone like someone yeah. like Rosamund, I say, Yeah, I think she can handle it and I move on.
2: Well, for me, like, I'll answer my own question. It's, it's Madeline Madden as Egwin. I, I, I'm, it's not that I'm questioning it. She's a dynamic actor. She can do it. But I've only seen her in, like, waspy, snotty roles. And I have concerns. Can she encompass the heart of my Egwin, you know? I'm sure she can do it. I just haven't seen it. So I'm
0: waiting. But you said, you said my Egwene, which I, which I love because, and I, and I wish more conversations and fan casting would go this way, which is a respect for everyone's version of Egwene in their minds. We theorized about crab for 20 years and we would argue that our theories were better than others, but I can't, (laughs) I can't say that I know every line in the books that Egwene says. I can't say that I know every attribute that I, you know, they're the ones that I noticed and that I cared about or the ones that I noticed and disliked and those I held onto. And that's a Gwen to me. So this is what I find interesting is imagine the people writing the, writing the show. It's, it's what they come up with, right? It's what they understand and, and not what I understand or what Brian understands or, or either of us for or any of us for. It's just, it's what, in the end, do they believe are the most important characteristics, and then they're going to cast for those characteristics.
3: You think they're working off a headcanon? Uh,
0: well, I think part of, yeah. I mean, of course, somewhat, right? They have to. They're going to get information from other people, right? So whether or not they're going to talk to um, Sarah Nakamura, whether or not they're going to talk to Team Jordan, whether or not they're going to read the books, whether they're going to read the companion, they're going to get some picture from somebody. Regardless of who, you know, and then they're going to take their own picture and then they're going to narrow it down because they're not going to try to cra- capture every single attribute. They're going to be like, these are the three I think are the most important, and this is what I want to embody in the writing that I'm doing, and this is the cast member I want for that I think can do that. And so I think that is a missing piece.
2: Senior executive at Amazon is gonna say that looks like my ex-wife, and I can't have her on my show. So pick
0: someone else. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> it's really arbitrary. You're
2: right, Matt. I mean, I
1: think that brings another uh, point to the the table here. It's not our fan casting is our idealized version of a character, right? Like it's it's my Egwene, it's my Rand, it's my Tom, it's my Lan, and it's. It's my ideal version. As I read the books, this is the the people that are perfect for me. And as I cast other actors that I've seen, I'm trying to find the one that's the most perfect for me. But Amazon, their casting department, they can't do that. Like the reality is, you don't, you never get this idealist, uh, idealistic, perfect casting choice. You always have to compromise in some way or another. Um, the the number of Of actors that are just absolutely perfect for a role before you see them is probably infinitesimal. Now, you might look back at like Breaking Bad and say, oh, Brian Cranston was the perfect Walter White, but you didn't know that until after, right? Like, no, right,
2: he made it the perfect Walter White. But
1: if you, but when they cast him as the role before you saw a scene of the show, you wouldn't have known uh, that he was perfect for it. You would go, oh, yeah, he looks like. A middle-aged guy who's going to do this but like you wouldn't know how perfect he is until you've seen it and just like just like lord of the rings you might go elijah wood is frodo well now like you think of frodo baggins and you think of elijah wood like that's that's just how it works and gandalf is sir ian mckellen and it's, it's just uh the fan casting is this pre-visualized idealistic version of the casting and then the it's it's Amazon's job, it's the casting department's job to take that and make it in reality. And hopefully, hopefully, the reality transforms into the perfect role, the perfect casting choice.
2: Like Rosamund. Yes. That's why it's so exciting that Rafe is the showrunner. Because we know he's a fan, because we know he's read the books, and because we know he's coming at it from a place of love. Regardless of what that shakes out to be, I'm confident it's because he came at it from a place of love. That me that's important. Is to it me. fair
0: to say that there is some level of fan casting is just like idealized vision fighting? <laughs> you know, it's like I'm going to fight for my ideal here, and this is my ideal. And if you come up with a different ideal, we're gonna. It's just. It's like a, it's just it's just another form of politics, right? Like this I ideal to say, it's to just me, like right? politics.
3: I was just going to say the other issue with fan casting is people always pick these huge, big stars, you know, and you can't have 47 huge names in this show and be able to pay for making the show a good show. It's just.
1: Yeah, I was I was going to bring that up. When we do fan casting, all of us in here, we pick actors that we've seen before, which by definition means that we picked actors that are successful. Most of the actors that have been cast for The Wheel of Time, I've never heard of. I've never seen right. them on screen. I've never seen them in a movie, on a TV show. I've never seen them on stage. I don't know anything about them. And I see them. That's all I have. Um, so see, Ro-
3: that's Rosamund Pike and Michael McElhatt. That was the only two yes, I knew. Yes,
1: exactly. And you look, at, you look at this and it's like, okay, well, the, what, what that means is that the...
2: They've seen more. They have a broader net to cast from. They have a bigger imagination. Yes,
1: mm-hmm. yes. exactly and it but it, it, it almost by definition means that most of our cat, our fan casting is going to be wrong. We're almost setting ourselves up for disappointment, right? Because like you said Natalia, the casting agency has thousands and thousands of people to choose from for any particular role and our brains only handle 10 of <laughs> 10 possible actors for any particular role before we start, you know, be, being unable to keep up. So I just think that's interesting. Like does that change The nature of fan casting are we just setting ourselves up for disappointment or
0: but no but that's the that's that whole thing like knowing reality and fantasy that we should be good at that like i I feel like every fantasy reader should have a great grasp on reality and fantasy and be able to move in between the two relatively functionally and that's that's the disappointment with this fan casting is we do the same thing like is it ideal if our friends are perfect people that never disappoint us yes Do our friends disappoint us sometimes? Yes. Can we handle it emotionally? Yes, most of the time.
2: Yeah, because I just feel like we're we're all like we've been there, we've done that, we've had those really personal, angry, I'm so disappointed in you as a human being conversations. And we're still here and we're still friends and we'll you know fine. We still love the books.
1: We still love the books. That's absolutely right why don't we wrap it up here? This was a really great conversation about fan casting and it kind of zipped all around the place into skin color and, and actors and, and all kinds of stuff. But I want to give each of you one last closing thought. So Todd, what are you what do you like to leave us with? Have an open mind, let it go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know that I can beat an Elsa quote. <laughs>
0: How about you, Matt? Rafe and Amazon don't care about your ideals. (laughs) Yep. Bam. Bam. Or mine. They don't care about mine either. So, look, I'm going to be just as... And maybe I'll I'll throw this in there. It's not that when Landfear is cast, I won't maybe have this moment of "Ah, maybe didn't reach my ideal. But am I going to lose sleep over it and argue on the internet about they chose the wrong person. No, I'm going to wait to see how that person fills the role and fills what they planned for. And then I'll have an argument. Trust me, after we see the show, I'll have lots of opinions about how well I think they did in casting this series.
1: Well, I really look forward to that. My parting thought is fan casting is really fun and I like to do it. And uh, But yeah, like like you all said, you got to leave it. You got to let it go. You got to you know, relax and just enjoy it and have fun and realize that it's not reality. Um, But otherwise, I just think fan fan casting is super fun. And um, I'm happy to discuss that with anybody else. If you want to just find me on Twitter. All right. That's it for tonight at Barside Chats. I want to thank you all for coming. Todd, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Natalia, we love to have you.
2: Thanks for having me. Chin chin.
0: And Matt, it's always good to see you here at the Barside Side. It's always a pleasure to opine at the Barside.
1: Always a pleasure. If you are a fan of this podcast, please look at Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. You can find us on Twitter at Barside Chats Pod or on Discord. There are links in the liner notes. Thanks for joining us at Barside Chats from the Dusty Wheel. Good night. Good night. Barside Chats is a Dusty Wheel production, jointly hosted by Brian the Gleeman and Matt the Innkeeper. If you would like to support this podcast, please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Or you may email us at podcast at thedustywheel.com.